Hey everyone, it's Steve Glenn from the Intro Me podcast. On today's episode, we have Christine Specht, CEO of Cousin Subs, and we get just a wealth of information on her background and how she worked her way to the role she's in today. Uh, it was not, though, in the plans necessarily for her to run Cousins, but now being there because she wants to makes all the difference. And we touch on a number of interesting uh, things around paying it forward, uh, her public administration degree, uh, her early work uh, helping uh, transition the homeless, and yes, her favorite cousin's sub sandwich. Take a listen and then head over to intro.me to learn more about us. Hope you enjoy this one. Hey, Christine, welcome to the Intro Me podcast. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm fantastic because uh, honestly, you and the organization you run are like heroes in my life. And I'm so excited to learn more about how you got there and what you did and, and things you learned along the way and how we can share that with listeners. Because uh, as we were talking about before I hit record, Cousins has a, a really near and dear uh, spot in my heart uh, since I was a kid. And that's awesome. And I love it. I love the fact that when people find out I work for Cousins, they always tell me their story. And there's nostalgia there. There's emotion there. There's excitement. Uh, sometimes they might give me a complaint or two. <laughs> of uh, course. Most of the time they're telling me something that is how like Cousins has impacted their life in a positive way or has been a part of a key moment in their life. So it's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, so as CEO, um, I think uh, that 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 title gives a, a pretty big perception in, in a lot of people's minds about what a CEO does. But let's set some context with sort of what's the 20,000 foot view of what you do at Cousins. Yeah, the biggest part of what I do is really shaping the shaping the vision of the brand and helping to drive that vision through the culture. So I used to be the president and CEO and, and the president position is really different than the CEO, just in the sense that it's very much more management. It's day to day. It's more hands-on. And at the beginning of 19, I split those two roles up so that I could focus only on the larger uh, part of the brand and again really allow me to fulfill what I love doing the most which is building relationships with our franchise community with our store employees and with the support center thinking about how we're going to grow the brand and take it to the yet the next level all the stuff that sometimes gets cast aside if you're busy managing uh, you know kind of the 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 specific P&Ls and things like that. So sure. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have that. And, uh, and that has been really a blessing. It, um, it doesn't sound easy, uh, especially when you're trying to stay relevant and fresh in everyone's minds, um, with all of the competition out there. So, I, uh, I commend you for the great work you're doing and the great experiences uh, that someone gets when they go to a cousin's. It's, it's really, uh, it's amazing that for this long, you've been able to be that consistent. 
Well, thank you very much. You know, it's been something that we've had to be really intentional about in the last, I, I suppose it's probably been the last six years now. And, you know, because when I started as the, as the lead of the company, you know, president, uh, it, the brand was inconsistent in the sense of, you know, some stores had microwaves, some had flat top grills for those cheesesteaks. Right. Uh, the looks of the restaurants were very different. Uh, there wasn't necessarily a strong brand image. So that was one of the things that early on, I felt like we really needed to build consistency. And that was all to create the second foundation that I talked a lot about with my team. Uh, because if we were wanting to be around, you know, you know, for many more years, we really needed to stay relevant to the next generation. So, you know, the boomers and the extras, they grew up on the brand, but our, you know, the question was, are we reaching the millennials and the Z's in the same fashion? And I, I felt like we had opportunity to grow there. So, you know, we, we, kind of had this vision then for how are we going to look as a brand moving forward? And it's, it's been great. I mean, it's, it's really paid off and it's been, I think our consumers have really appreciated that we we're not all remodeled yet. Our stores are not, in fact, we're just over half done, oh, wow. uh, but we remodel stores every year. So it's very exciting to watch the transformation. Yeah. And, um, I, again, uh, I can only imagine the work that goes into steering an organization of that, of this size, um, if, and so we'll come back to that, but let's, let's back step a little bit and think about your first professional job. What was it and how did you get it? Well, there are really two points that were kind of pivotal. So when I graduated from Marquette, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I was contemplating law school or, you know, I didn't exactly know. So I ended up volunteering for a year in Florida with homeless families, helping to transition them to a stabilized living environment with the right support services. And so that was really interesting. And I thought, I wonder if I could do that, you know, that, that mindset of service um, in this fashion. And uh, ultimately that led me to go to grad school to get a master's in public administration. And then after that, I would say was really truly my first professional job was for the Legislative Audit Bureau, which is a state state of Wisconsin-based um, position. So I was uh, living and working in Madison. And the Legislative Audit Bureau, which still exists today, you know, they review taxpayer-funded programs uh, to see the viability of them, the effectiveness of them, and, and help the legislature then make decisions on funding programs moving forward. So that was really the gist of what I did. And it was really pretty interesting work. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, just, again, having that public administration degree and having a desire to come back from Washington, D.C., where I went to grad school, I thought, you know, this is this is, um, this is a really good opportunity and, and it was a good learning experience. Yeah. And sounds uh, pretty diverse and challenging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you, I can imagine, and this is a, a, a place I find many of the guests are in when they, when they think back to their early days of their career. Um, and, you know, if you're a student and you're thinking about law school or you're thinking about this and then you say, oh, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to Florida and work uh, in the, the sc- uh, scope of, you know, helping uh homeless get back on their feet. I, 
I'm only guessing that a lot of advice comes your way in, in that time. And is there any advice from those early days or any, anywhere throughout your career that you're either glad you ignored it or you're, you're glad you took it and ran with it? Yeah, you know, that's really interesting. That's a great question. And I think that I can answer the question almost in the same way, depending on, you know, if I'm glad I ignored it or ran with it. So my mom always said, you know, when you grow up, you know, get an education, you know, be in and be independent, right? And, you know, work outside the home. And it was so funny, because I always thought, of course, as you're a little girl growing up, you think, I'm going to do what my mom does, right? My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She raised my brother and I. And, you know, I thought that that's what I would do and, you know, and, and get married at an early age. And and it didn't happen that way. You know, I kind of did take my mom's advice. You know, I got an education. I became independent. And, you know, I, I worked and I really enjoyed it. And so I, as I look back, you know, everything's all a choice in life, right? You mm-hmm. know, and. Uh, I chose to really try to forge my career, get a good sense of who I was and get established. And then kind of on the personal side of things, then, you know, was blessed to then at a later point in life, kind of settle down and, you know, get married and have kids. And, and um, I think that if it would have been the flip side, it probably would be a really different picture. And I don't know, you know, I guess I'm just grateful that it worked out this way. Sure. And um, as as you on your journey, and I'm really interested in this one. Is there a mistake you made that you that may have seemed in the moment uh, seemed in the moment that was not good, and ended up uh, either you learned a lot from it. Uh, or it, it actually worked out better than you thought in the moment. Yeah, something that I, this kind of brings me back to when I was graduating from Marquette and I was not really sure what I was going to do. I mentioned before that I was considering law school. And of course, when you consider law school, you take the LSATs. And, you know, I didn't do very well on them. <laughs> and, and I, and yet I kind of thought, oh, well, maybe I wanted, maybe I don't want to be a lawyer. Uh-huh. And so, and so then it really kind of left me, I mean, I could have gotten into law school, you know, but I, but I wasn't, I didn't, I was really having some doubts and thinking like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't my path. So then that really helped me to think about that transition year of, of going to Florida with volunteering, because again, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've wanted to, I had it in my mind, serving others or be in service to others you know, giving back. I had a great life and I felt like there's an obligation when you, when you are able to live a great life, you have an obligation to pay that forward and, and give more of yourself. So in a sense, I felt like maybe that was what I was being called to do. And, uh, and it really, that really helped as I look back on this journey, which is so unconventional because I run, you know, I make and sell some sandwiches. So what does that have to do with (laughs) working, working as a volunteer in Florida? Right. Well, do with it because of the common theme there is in service to others. Uh, we talk about a servant's heart here at Cousins. Uh, I certainly feel like I'm serving my employees. Um, they're not certainly serving me, you know, and it's a, and they serve the guests. So it's really this mantra that you can carry through. For me, that was important. I was able to carry that through almost regardless of the job that I have. I think that's, uh, and, and you, um, 
I'm going to ask it anyway, but you did, you, you, you got into a question, the big question I, I ask our guests, but, um, I, you're not the first person. And I love this. I love that this theme is emerging. You are not the first person to come on this podcast and say, Hey, I had it pretty good. And because of that, I wanted to give back and help others. And I think that's tremendous uh, and a, a shift I hope that keeps occurring in the professional space. And maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a little unique uh, in the sense that uh, you, the people who have said it are Marquette alums. So, and that's really, right. that's really a pretty strong theme at that school. Well, I think it's, you know, I, I had a great life. And so, and yet I realized the world isn't as I see it uh, exclusively. And I feel that there's, you know, maybe it's my, my Christian upbringing uh, or just the sense that there's an obligation there. So, you know, that, that I think if, if society and the communities did more, that would lessen the, the need for government to do more and because government can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So, but, but yet there's, the need exists. So that leaves businesses that leaves the individuals uh, to really kind of do their part. And I think that there's a real joy and satisfaction I get whether I'm serving on a board or whether we're like today at, at Cousins. Uh, I was at, on a panel and we were interviewing employees who have applied for one of our legacy scholarships, right? So because they're pursuing their dreams and we want to help them do that. So, you know, all that stuff is just really cool. And I, it's, I'm grateful and privileged to be in the position I'm at, I am in to uh, fulfill, I guess, that sense of obligation that I, that I think we all should have. That's amazing. Um, and yes, like I said, we need, we need more, 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 more. Um, not from you. You're doing great. Uh, more from all. <laughs> um, are there, and this is the big question we always ask in, in, uh, you know, the service to others mindset and carrying that through to what you, you do today makes total sense. Are there other links from where you started to the more visionary aspects, the sort of you know, bridge building you have to do, the selling of the vision and, and bringing people along with it um, that you do today, you know, from where you started? Well, it is pretty interesting because when I think about certainly my first job was when I was 15 and I worked at the Cousin Subs in Germantown. Mm-hmm. And it's still there today, of course. Mm-hmm. And as a kid working with my friends, which I, was so fun, I loved it. It was great. I earned a little money. I stayed out of trouble. And I had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I never thought, though, that that would be my career. I never thought that that would take me to where I am today because it was not a foregone conclusion that I would end up running the company. It was quite the opposite. And that's why I had these oddities with my degrees in criminology and public administration. Those certainly don't speak to uh, running a a sub-sandwich business or a restaurant. So. You know, that it's a weird journey. But again, my parents were very open minded about, hey, pursue your dreams and your interests. They never said, you got to sit, you got to do this job when you're older. Like, this is our expectation. And I really appreciate that because now I choose to be here and I want to be here. And that makes a huge difference, I think, in how I approach my job and then how I can expect others to approach their jobs. Right. Right. And 
it's so that link to, you know, I, I, I'm basically back to doing what I did because I literally today I work in our restaurants on a very regular basis. So I might have my office here at our support center. I might have meetings. I might have interviews. You know, I might be doing culture building stuff. And at the same time, you're going to find me cashiering in one of our <laughs> corporately owned restaurants, building relationships with the ground forces that are that are really doing the work and really making it happen. And that is, it's not lost on me that cashiering today is not that different than when I was cashiering at the age of 15. You got to smile, welcome <laughs> people, and help them out, right? And yeah. you know, and so exactly. it's it's pretty cool. Um, okay, I lied. So this is really the big question. What, okay. what, what is your favorite sub? Oh, I know that question. I, I, I love it. Um, it's so hard to answer that because I love so many of them. Now my go-to is a half a tuna, but I have to put our hot pepper relish on it to spice it up just a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. I love it. Uh, but you know, like right now we have these limited time only subs. The Italian Caprizi is incredible yes and i often will have a meatball as well as a matter of fact i'm on our menu innovation team here which means i get to sample and try products to see if that might work in our restaurants which is a lot of fun that yeah that sounds very unfair but amazing for you so <laughs> all right that's a good transition to our uh, rapid fire section and um and the rules of this game are that there are no rules. Uh, just say the first thing that comes to your mind, and um, and there's no judgment, not at all. Even if okay. in, even if you know a cousin's product is in one of your answers, that's okay. Because I'm <laughs> really excited to learn about that one. All right, what are you reading, watching, or listening to at the moment, uh, or what's something you'd recommend to someone launching their career? Okay, so I have two answers for that. So the first thing that I just recently got done reading is for personal kind of uh, enjoyment is, and it was it's called Tap Code, and it was written by uh, Colonel Carlisle Schmitty Harris, and he spent, it was all about his nearly eight years in a POW uh, prison camp when during Vietnam. And it sounds heavy, yeah. but it was like, it's just incredible, right? Because it, it was his story of how he, engaged and motivated the fellow POWs to stay alive during this time of just extreme uh, 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 pressure and just extreme, of course, a total loss of freedom. So mm -hmm. it's really moving. It's really pretty cool. I love that book. Cool. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as what I'd recommend, one thing that I know is constant is the need for effective communication and effective communication, I think, can really only be achieved when you have a high level of emotional intelligence. So for anybody starting their career, I would recommend getting to know who you are on a behavioral perspective. Like here at Cousins, we use the DISC profile. Mm -hmm. So we understand how our behaviors are. And then we use those when we are communicating with one another because we all want to have effective communication. But sometimes, if you don't know yourself well enough and you don't have a high enough level of emotional intelligence, you're going to struggle and until you figure it out, you're going to struggle. So that's what I highly recommend. Awesome. Man, I, you know, I came into this discussion with such a high regard for the company and, 
and now it's just getting it's just growing you know knowing how it's actually run behind the scenes which is awesome thanks okay so um all right this is this is the good one this is the good rapid fire question here what's your go-to food when you need a boost well of course besides cousins <laughs> right i mean you know i do work here but man i just there's just so many things that i love to eat but when i when i need a little boost when i need a little energy it's usually it's usually going to be some trail mix or mixed nuts and of course being from wisconsin it's going to be cheese there you go so love it it's just my those are probably my two go-to's when i just need some little lift up um but i certainly have a sweet tooth as well so i'd be lying if i said i didn't polish off a few uh few quarts of ice cream during the uh, <laughs> same uh okay instagram or tiktok so steve uh <laughs> i uh, i would say instagram at the same time i can't do that with full transparency because i don't have an instagram account i know i know i probably just have lowered myself in no. front of you the, i but, told uh, you that there's no judgment here on the answers so yeah, um, so I, yeah. yeah okay uh, besides this one, do you have a favorite podcast? Yeah, you know, and, and podcasts are really something that I'm just not not that I'm just becoming aware of. Of course, I know that they exist, but it, it becomes a time element to be able to have the time to listen to them. Right. Uh, and uh, so things that I, I have had the opportunity. Again, we mentioned Richie Burke before. Yes. So he's got a great he's got a great podcast. And then so does um uh, Beth Ridley from The Brimful Life. Yes. I was recently on one of her podcasts and I had the opportunity to meet her and she's incredible. I mean, she's just like so dynamic and I think it's fun and I think she's just really pretty, pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah, I recommend uh, Morning Coffees with Beth because that just gets your day going in the best direction. Yeah, she just approaches, she approaches life with such enthusiasm and it's, yes. just, it's really touching. Yes. Uh, YouTube or Hulu? Well, I would say YouTube, uh, only for the reason that I think it's interesting how you can find out different, like how to, it's like a how-to channel, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, there's the whatever, the silliness on there, but I think it's, you know, like, uh, I don't know, somebody wants to fix a sink or somebody wants to uh, tie flies for fly fishing, right? You <laughs> exactly. You can go on YouTube and learn how to do that, and it's pretty cool. So, I mean, that, that's that been a channel that I think can cross the and also cross the age spectrum right mm -hmm. or it's weird if you're older or whatever right. if you're yeah i've uh gotten sucked into youtube uh for music it's just tremendous oh, for right? music yeah uh for uh, videos music videos old and new just amazing live yeah. live music everything oh, that's uh, awesome okay the final rapid fire if you had a talk show, who would be your very first guest? Okay, so I gave this a lot of thought. My very first guest, it would be Maria Bartiromo. She does the, uh, she's on Fox Business uh, in the mornings and she spent like 20 years at CNN and then she moved over to Fox and she, and she, why I like it is because she runs her shows from a business angle. So she's always gonna give you kind of the economic impact. But the other thing that I just think is the, so cool about her is A, it's clear that she's very hardworking, mm -hmm. but she lands these, these uh, interviews of some of the most powerful people in the world or influential people in the world. And that could be from government, that could be from 
you know, a sector of the economy and she's just, she's really interesting. So if I ever had the chance to meet her, uh, you know, I certainly would have her on as my very first guest if she'd be willing to come on. (laughs) There you go. Well, Christine, thanks so much. This has been a blast for me. Um, I, I admire what you do and how you do it and how you got there. And, uh, I'm now uh, craving and very hungry for a cousin sub. Oh, well, thanks, Steve. This was a, just a pure pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.